In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Ghost. Amen. When we talk about the temptation of Jesus in the wilderness, we should know that the King James word wilderness means desert. The biblical wilderness is a dry and barren place where there is nothing. So why does the temptation of Jesus take place in the wilderness? Surely all of these temptations might just as well take place in the city. There is, of course, the biblical reason. Jesus is reenacting and fulfilling the story of Israel. Since Israel was tested for a period of 40 in the wilderness, Jesus had to spend a corresponding period of 40 being tested in the dry and barren place. But there is another reason for the testing to take place in the desert. The desert reveals things that are not seen as clearly in the rush and fullness of everyday life. As Moses explained to Israel, quote, you shall remember that the Lord your God led you all the way these 40 years in the wilderness to humble you and test you, to know what was in your heart, whether you would keep his commandments or not. So he humbled you, allowed you to hunger, and fed you with manna, which you did not know, nor did your fathers know, that he might make you know that man shall not live by bread alone, but man shall live by every word that proceeds from the mouth of the Lord. When all the stuff is taken away, we get a clearer sense of what is really going on within us. When they were in Egypt, the, the Israelites thought their primary enemy was Pharaoh and the Egyptians. When they were freed from that visible tyranny and led into the desert, they discovered new, invisible enemies within, unrestrained appetites, an inability to persevere in faithfulness, and an annoying tendency to, quote, murmur. In the hustle and haste of life, we identify visible adversaries and goals, difficult co-workers, and problematic family members, the desire to get ahead in our chosen career, the need to maintain appearances and reputations. Only when we withdraw from the heat of the battle into a place of stillness, apart from the stuff of life, are we able to see the more important interior battle that is taking place the impulse of pride, which leads us to envy, jealousy, and anger, disordered desire, which leads us to covetousness, lust, and gluttony, and sloth, by which we avoid painful truths and difficult duties. The temptation of Jesus reveals that the real enemy of the people of God is the devil, the evil one. The devil was not revealed in the testing of Israel in the Old Testament, 
though he was certainly the invisible instigating presence in it. As Jesus reenacts and fulfills the story, Israel's real enemy is identified and the focus of Jesus' battle is established. Jesus will not contend against the Romans because they are not Israel's chief oppressor. Jesus will conquer Satan, sin, and death so that Israel can be truly free. Many Christians focus on the visible enemies of life. They pursue success, health, and happiness as these are defined by the world. They work and pray against all the barriers that arise in opposition to these goals. God is thanked when visible good is attained and interceded with when some visible good is not. However, as St. Paul says, we wrestle not with flesh and blood, but with principalities and powers. There is a larger spiritual battle taking place within the context of our visible battles. We are called to discern the difference between the enemies we can see and the enemies we can't see. Or better, we are called to discern how the invisible enemy uses our visible battles to undermine our faith. This task of discernment is called watchfulness, which means to be on the lookout for what is really going on in our lives. The Christian vocation is not to pursue the things of this world. The Christian vocation is to pursue virtue and holiness in the use of the things of this world. Created things are good because God made them, but we turn them into idols and let them control us because of sin. True happiness is not to have whatever we want. True happiness is to be content with whatever we have. True freedom is the freedom not to do whatever we want. True freedom is the freedom to obey the commandments of God. The freedom to say no as well as yes. The temptation of Jesus reveals we must sometimes deny ourselves in order to obey God. We must often say no to the things of the world in order to say yes to God. Only by watchfulness and prayer and a commitment to fasting and almsgiving can we rightly discern and effectively fight the battle. We withdraw into the Lenten wilderness to watch and pray and discern the real enemy. We fast to learn that we do not live by bread alone, but by the word of God. We give to detach ourselves from covetousness and idolatry and remind ourselves that, quote, we brought nothing into this world and it is certain we can carry nothing out. 
by the practice of the disciplines, we learn to pursue not merely life, liberty, and happiness in this world. We learn to pursue faithfulness and holiness, without which, as Hebrews tells us, no one will see the Lord. We talk about making a good Lenten confession. The sin we confess is the absence of virtue and holiness, which is the absence of the ability to live faithfully as Christians in the world. Thus, our confessions must be accompanied by a renewed effort to practice the corresponding virtue, which, if we fully possessed the virtue, would eliminate the need for future confessions. Rather than asking only, what is my besetting sin, we ought also to ask, what virtue do I lack that makes that sin beset me so much? St. Peter writes, quote, giving all diligence, add to your faith virtue, to virtue knowledge, to knowledge self-control, to self-control perseverance, to perseverance godliness, to godliness brotherly kindness, and to brotherly kindness love. For if these things are yours and abound, you will be neither barren nor unfruitful in the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. For he who lacks these things is short-sighted even to blindness and has forgotten that he was cleansed from his former sins. Jesus conquered the devil in the wilderness. We imitate his 40-day fast in order to share in his victory. As we withdraw into our Lenten wilderness, let us pray for the wisdom to see the spiritual battle that is taking place within our visible battles. Let us willingly practice such disciplines of prayer, fasting, and almsgiving as will help us to renounce the world and subdue the flesh to the spirit. Let us pray that the Holy Spirit will form new virtues in us. And as Romans says, quote, the God of peace will crush Satan under your feet shortly. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Ghost.